Welcome to the Compliance Time, AMR and Financial Crime Podcast. Here, you can learn from compliance experts, enthusiasts and creators who are contributing to the fast-moving and dynamic field of financial compliance. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Compliance Time Podcast. Our guest today is Shub Nandi and we will talk about sustainable compliance AI and technology. Shub is the co-founder and CEO of PyChain and he is on a quest to achieve sustainable compliance for 500 entities by 2025. He has more than 10 years of experience in building and selling software for finance and regulatory compliance management. At PyChain, Shub provides organizational leadership with his unique combination of business understanding and technical acumen. And to tell you a bit more about PyChain, this is an ISO certified RegTech company helping banks, financial institutions and fintechs attain sustainable AML compliance. PyChain fights the global cause against illicit finance with technology and it's backed by the likes of Rolls-Royce, F10 and Innovation Core. Hello Shub and welcome to Compliance Time. We are very glad to have you on today. Thank you so much, Denisa. Happy to be part of your podcast. Thank you. And uh, tell us more about yourself and your background. What do you find interesting in financial compliance? Uh, well, I started as a technologist in financial industry and I fell in love with the domain. Right? So uh, I built my first startup even in FinTech. Uh, so in right in 2011, uh, made a decent exit in 2014. Uh, post that, I uh, dived deep into the field of data science uh, and uh, eventually also met my uh, current co-founder, uh, Prasanna, uh, during my management classes. So we both dived uh, very deep in applied AI, distributed ledger technology, fintech, and regulatory technologies. So during my tenure with banks, uh, enterprises, and fintechs, I have been closely working with the risk and compliance teams and also the C-level executives. Uh, so, so I learned that there are a lot of gaps, or I should say there is a lot of space for innovation, right? Which uh, uh, in turn would make the life easier both for the risk and compliance officers, the analysts, and uh, primarily the C-level executives, right? So uh, 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 in, fact, in fact, during uh, my exploration, uh, I, I, also, uh, I, I, I also met somebody uh, very wise, uh, who told me that, hey, I mean, you know, risk is all about prediction and compliance is all about prevention. Mm-hmm. And uh, during uh, my exploration, I understood that, uh, that, that uh, be it prediction or prevention, to make it effective and efficient, uh, there has to be good decision making. So to make good decisions, uh, it has to be always driven by data. And uh, what can be more fascinating for a data scientist like me Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree that good decisions really come from a lot of information and data that all the compliance experts should have um, in order to make a, an accurate and good decision. Uh, so tell us more about PyChain. How, how, how did it start? Right. Uh, so, well, uh, I, I think the goal uh, that uh, uh, we had uh, was to build an enterprise uh, uh, that will last really long, have uh, many satisfied customers, uh, rich investors, and happy employees. So, I mean, that was a goal that we had. Uh, so, 
so 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 with that i think pychain was conceived by me and my co-founder prasanna padmanavan so uh, uh, we started uh, uh, i mean uh, made, made it operational uh, right in uh, 2018 but i think the idea uh, and uh, and the holistic way of conceptualization started in 2017 uh, then venkat uh, who is my other co-founder he joined the journey our goal was very focused. We understand domain very well, so we could see the gaps. We understand most of the evolving and futuristic technologies, be it AI, machine learning, distributed ledger technology, or blockchain. And even uh, we have started exploring into, uh, uh, into quantum uh, computing as well. So, so the goal was very clear to help 500 enterprises uh, by 2025 to attain sustainable compliance, right? Now we have given our own definition to sustainable compliance, uh, and uh, and it means that uh, if we achieve uh, the next three aspects, which I'm going to talk about year on year. So number one is uh, increase compliance confidence score for bank and financial institutions. Number two, efficient utilization of regulatory capital, and number three, reduction in cost of compliance. So if you are attaining all these three. Uh, year on year, then definitely uh, you have made your compliance programs sustainable. So that's what we are going to, uh, uh, I mean, what we are helping uh, the organizations uh, primarily to achieve. That's great. And um, I know from our previous conversations that um, to create the company, you were interviewing a lot of uh, compliance experts. Can you share the most interesting findings that you discovered within these interviews yeah absolutely i mean thanks for bringing that up <laughs> so right so uh, we did a, uh, a a survey right across different geographies uh, and uh, we surveyed roughly uh, 300 compliance officers uh, and we got some very interesting responses right and uh, uh, when we collated them we found out that the three biggest challenges uh, that the compliance team faces are number one, uh, increased regulatory demand and adapting to uh, regulatory changes in geo and jurisdiction. So there are different, uh, I, I mean, the compliances change or regulations change across different jurisdictions. So uh, it's, it becomes very hard to adapt. So that's one. Uh, number two is organized financial fraud. So uh, that's that still remains one of the biggest challenge, right? So uh, it, it has been there for some time, and uh, and unfortunately we don't have any reliable solution provided by the incumbent uh, 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 software and the solutions that we have in market. Mm -hmm. And the last, uh, which is uh, the cost of compliance, right? So uh, uh, the, the the most important thing here is that uh, if the if both the cost of compliance and the penalties increase. I think it's a double whammy, right, for the organization because uh, that 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 in turn, unfortunately, uh, uh, pushes the organization to uh, somewhere uh, in a scenario, right, where it is not in a position uh, primarily to adjust and adopt a, 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 a lean methodologies uh, to ensure that it can cut down on its uh, on uh, its its non-compliance. So these are the three key challenges that we could identify when we did a this massive survey of uh, 300 compliance officers across multiple geos. 
that, that's very interesting. I, I have now follow, uh, follow up very difficult question. Why a can, can a sustainable compliance be cost efficient? Because we know that to have um, good compliance, usually you have a lot of people, you have a lot of expenses going on. And um, ca ca how can a good compliance program within a financial institution or um, whatever, ca how can it be cost efficient? So absolutely, I think uh, in terms of what we are trying to do here is that, right? Uh, I mean, so from the perspective of a compliance teams, right? So what we are trying to do here is that we, uh, as we did our survey, we could understand that uh, primarily a compliance officer, uh, he or she has to deal with like 12 IT or non-IT systems to solve a single case. So what happens here, unfortunately, is that uh, there are multiple different systems which uh, the individual has to uh, basically tap into to get the complete data. That's, yeah. that's number one. That's the second uh, challenge to it. All these systems provide data in multiple different formats. Now, mm -hmm. what happens over here is that there's an additional responsibility on the compliance officer to harmonize this data. With that, there is changing regulations, organized frauds, and uh, a huge volume of data which which comes out of these different 12 to uh, 12 systems or IT non-IT systems uh, from which the insights have to be derived. So even the best SME has to spend 80% of his or her time in data gathering, converting them to insights before actually making the decision. Mm -hmm. So that is what we see that if we can help the compliance officer or the SME primarily to, uh, to, to, to ease the way the data is collected, ease the way the insights are generated, then I think uh, the productivity of the individual would definitely increase. And in this way, what we are trying to do is that we are empowering the compliance teams, augmenting them with better insights and ensuring them that with reduced cost and better productivity, uh, we achieve sustainable compliance. Oh, this is a great answer. And I think it's really um, valid for a lot of uh, places and companies and for many professionals that you get so many inputs and you have to tidy them all up. And this is a time that you're spending on data processing in a way, instead of making the, the decision that you have to make. Like if this is something that you need to report or this is something that you need to prepare further. So this is, this is great. Um, and as we are already talking about some of the challenges, but what other challenges do you think uh, compliance uh, professionals face today? Well, one of the biggest challenges uh, uh, the compliance officer faces is unfortunately uh, uh, the incumbent systems which are there, right? So they uh, generate a lot of false positives. Now, uh, uh, we have been uh, working with several banks and I can safely say that in one particular, uh, in, in, in one business day, uh, the bank system generate like uh, uh, more than, uh, I mean, 1.4 K uh, of uh, AML alerts. Mm -hmm. Now, if it is so many AML alerts, and 97 of them, 97% uh, of them are, uh, are false positives, 
that that means a lot of productive time goes in triaging those alerts uh, to, to those alerts which are false positives, segregating them. And then one of the biggest problems is that there is a first line of defense, there is a second line of defense. So, so what typically happens is that if a lot of productive time is utilized in first triaging and finding out that many of them are false positives, and then basically triaging and finding out which is for the first line of defense and the second line of defense, it's a whole lot of productive time getting wasted. Right. So what we understand is that's another challenge, right? So, so effective communication uh, between the stakeholders. Uh, 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 if we have uh, a, a secondary system that can by itself triage these alerts uh, and, and segregate them into true suspicion vis-a-vis -vis false uh, positives, that's definitely uh, is going to add more value. Today, this is a major challenge which the compliance officer face, apart from the challenges which I just now discussed. Yeah, that, that's true. And what does PyChain do to address that? Is your um, company helping in the reduction of false positives? Yes. Uh, so what we do is here is that uh, we have a larger vision uh, towards this. So what we have done here is that we have built a platform called uh, DeepPy. So DeepPy, what it does is that it augments compliance officers uh, to provide faster, better and accurate decisions. So we, we have brought in our deep domain expertise, uh, our, the market research that we have done with the compliance officers, and also our expertise into the area of AI, machine learning, distributed ledger technology, and in fact, quantum computing to, to basically build in this system. So what DeepPy does is that it rapidly uh, does knowledge extraction, knowledge, uh, basically uh, data harmonization, and uh, it basically captures and provides it into the right form of insights that the uh, 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 that a decision maker, make, which is primarily a compliance officer, uh, needs to needs to take while basically uh, while doing probably a, a, a remediation or probably uh, going through any of these alerts. So what we typically do here is that we bring in the expertise of the domain to a bring down this false positive, also aiding the compliance officer while making the decisions. That's great. And um, I know that you're working also with some companies from the non-financial industry. Uh, how does compliance and financial compliance uh, work for them? What do what you typically see in those uh, sectors? Well, I, 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 what, what we have uh, seen over here is that uh, uh, I mean, when we worked with uh, with one of the la very large CPG companies, right? So we do understand that uh, there are a lot more compliances there as well. So apart from the AML compliance that we are dealing with, they also have material compliance, environmental compliance. Uh, uh, if we if we talk about the European region, there's a European directive for packaging and packaging waste, uh, which is uh, uh, which also includes there's a Commission regulation, right? 1935. Uh, about uh, 2004, right? So there are multiple different regulations which uh, which each of the non-financial industries have to follow. And interestingly, if we just take the domain part out of it, we do see that the similar uh, challenges uh, lie within, with, within the compliance team there as well. So there are also, I mean, there also we, do, we have seen that there are multiple uh, uh, different data formats many systems available for from which the data has to be tapped and jurisdiction wise the regulations and standards vary 
So the challenges still remain the same. Only thing that probably changes is the regulations. So especially difficult for large multinational companies when they have to ensure uh, compliance with regulations in different jurisdictions and um, vendor compliance and stuff like this, right? Absolutely, yes. 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 Uh, and um, similar to the ammo industry, their, their challenges are only in data or they have something more specific, something more distinctive than that? Well, I mean, if you uh, if you see uh, from the AML industry perspective, right? So uh, I'll just give you a couple of statistics, right? So to talk about uh, the, the AML industry challenges, right? So globally, I mean, if you see less than one percent of illicit transfers, right, are being brought to notice. And if you just ask me how much is that amount of money laundered per year, it's almost US dollar one trillion, right? Mm -hmm. So one part we have. Uh, primarily this organized frauds which are happening, organized scams which are happening. That's the second part to it, uh, which we have seen is, uh, is, is, is primarily that the, the regulatory fines which are getting imposed are primarily going higher and higher every year, right? So roughly post the 2009 uh, meltdown, right? Um, and uh, till today, right, roughly around 450 billion uh, has been uh, fined, uh, 450 billion US dollars has been fined globally to the banks and financial institutions. So what we're seeing here is that uh, it's, 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 it's not just that, uh, that uh, data is a problem. I should say the regulatory authorities or regulatory bodies are also becoming stricter and stricter. So ideally I would say that since they're becoming stricter, the banks and financial institutions have to understand how and what way the regulations will change in future. They have to be uh, more futuristic in nature, understand that, okay, these are probably the regulations which might come in future. Be ready so that those can be implemented faster, right? And this is also useful because, uh, I mean, whenever you are a step ahead of uh, in your thought process, then the organized fraudsters who are there and, and, and the scamsters who are there, right? You can also start thinking one step ahead of them as well, right? Whenever you, you start thinking in future, right? Uh, so, yes. so, so, so that way you can probably stop uh, the uh, the money laundering and in turn safeguard yourself from the fines and penalties. And um, one way to um, do such forward thinking, what would you recommend? Uh, well, uh, I think one of the key things that we uh, uh, that we are seeing uh, growing over a period of time. So I think uh, RecTech itself was uh, something which was not there as a terminology uh, uh, very far back, right? So it is something which has which has been probably coined and getting used. Uh, uh, not, uh, I mean, if you, if you see the terminology, it is, it is it started very recently. I mean, when it's recently, maybe a few years back, the term RecTech uh, start, really started becoming, uh, uh, really started coming to the mainstream, right? So mm -hmm. interestingly, I mean, uh, what we are seeing here is that even during this COVID times, right, where uh, where uh, primarily uh, everything is is a challenge, right? We are seeing that regulatory technology is experiencing growth, right? And if yes. you go by the market research, right? Uh, so what we see here is that the reg tech is going to grow by uh, fifty two point eight percent CAGR from twenty twenty to twenty twenty five. So now uh, what we see from here is that, right, uh, use of advanced technologies to augment the compliance officer to make better decision is the way ahead, 
so we we understand that compliance in itself is definitely needs novel decision making right and what we understand from andrew ang who is primarily the father of uh, of uh, of primarily uh, the uh, the modern ai he himself said that you know ai can can not make novel business decisions automated that has to be still done by human what it can do is that it can aid the human to make better decisions and that's what i why i say that systems that are built with ai even uh, distributed ledger technology powered by the uh, uh, i mean the acceleration of quantum computing is the future and it's going to make uh, uh, aml compliance really uh, way ahead uh, in time sorry for the long answer it was quite long sorry for that um uh thank you that was a great answer no worries uh, for the length of it and uh speaking about future uh, in your view um what the future trends in aml and compliance would be would there be more ai or um maybe more cost efficient they will become <laughs> so i think absolutely i think what i see here uh from from here is 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 that definitely advanced technology would definitely be aiding uh, aiding uh, both the risk and compliance uh, domain uh, what i also see here is that of course cost efficient might be the choice but uh, i i see that it it will be driven by value right uh, mm -hmm. there are a lot of uh, uh, incumbent systems available but uh banks cannot directly uh, remove those incumbent systems and 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 trash them they still have to live with them but now uh, smart systems which can come in and then basically adapt itself to the existing banks infrastructure and systems and yet deliver value for the bank would be the choice of the future and what do you think about the criminal aspects will they be able to avoid the future of aml or uh, with more ai it will be more difficult for them to enter into a financial system and launder money or they will figure out also a tricky ways to do that so uh, interestingly i mean <laughs> so ai is something which is available to uh, uh, to both the ends right so the the instit institutions like banks and financial institutions and fintechs like us or rectex like us and also available to the criminals as well so it's all about right how well you invest in research how you invest in research and development so stay ahead of the criminals right so if you are investing well investing smartly and it's not just about cost efficient it also about smart investment right so building a future technology that safeguards your bank right so if you are building that then definitely uh, uh, the bank or 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 probably the financial institution or even the fintech might be way ahead of the criminals that that's good the future outlook and um to conclude uh, about the future how do you see pi chain in this future uh well i think uh, what what i see from here is that uh pi chain uh, with its ethos of primarily uh, making 500 uh, enterprises uh, completely sustainable in terms of compliance 
we see that we are moving fast forward in that direction to achieve it. And our goal is very clear and very focused that it's more about helping the organization to achieve uh, sustainable compliance and, and, and to increase the complete and overall confidence of the organization uh, and uh, ensuring that uh, primarily uh, it doesn't add up to the cost of compliance and, uh, uh, and, 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 and most important thing is that uh, we, uh, we primarily help the bank to focus on what they do best and what we do best, which is primarily preventing fraud and ensuring the bank is compliant in terms of AML regulations. So that's what we see as our future. Amazing. And um, one last question before we go. What would you advise compliance professionals to work on and to develop in order to become better and more relevant for the future? So, uh, I mean, for the compliance professionals, I, I see that this job is amazingly, I mean, fascinating, right? So I think one part we do have a set of regulations. Another part is the technology. So I would suggest compliance officers to uh, basically start uh, understanding uh, more on technology, uh, start adopting more on technology. And, uh, and, and, and uh, the, I think the future looks like this, that there will be technology aiding the compliance professionals. And that's where the compliance professionals can focus more on what they do best, which is identifying uh, uh, the non-compliance, right? So, mm -hmm. so, so, so I do see that uh, uh, the compliance professionals have to adapt and learn a, a little more about how AI systems uh, systems of future can probably aid them in their job and it's all about upgrading to the next step uh, and of course learning 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 a part a uh, they are the best people in in their domain but a little bit of technology really helps uh, to take them a step ahead that's true thank you very much and thank you so much for participating today in compliance time um if, um, if you want, we can include um, the link to PyChain uh, into the show notes and any articles or research you would like us to add on. Sure, absolutely. Uh, uh, Denisa would be happy uh, to do that. And uh, first of all, I'd like to thank you so much uh, for inviting me. And uh, uh, it's, it's an honor and pleasure to be part of your podcast. It was absolutely uh, my pleasure to, to have you on today. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Compliance Time. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave us a review which would help others to find the podcast. Also, don't forget, you can subscribe for email updates on our website, cmpltime.com. Till next week.